0: Joe Biden has selected his running mate in Kamala Harris, but who is she? What does she stand for? Let the media tell you that she is a centralist candidate that will unite both Republicans and Democrats. I take a look at her record to show you that that is nothing but lies told to you by the media tonight on America United. hello and welcome to America United. First, before we start on Kamala Harris, I'd like to remind you that you can always follow me on parlor and Twitter at David F Kursner. You can join, like and follow and share our Facebook page at facebook.com/ we are America United. just look for the fist um, and with our podcast, Uh, Also, uh, share, like, tell your friends, family about it. Don't forget your uncle and cousins, too. Um, You are the fuel that will propel this engine forward so that we can bring real change to American politics. Thank you. Why is it important to know about Kamala Harris? Because at 55... Harris is 22 years younger than Biden. And questions about Biden's mental state have many Americans expecting she will step into his shoes before his term is up if he is elected president. How many Americans? At the latest poll, 60% of Americans believe that Joe Biden, if elected president, will not finish his term. So, unlike all most of the other vice presidents uh, in history where they are background noise like jazz music, it really feels like Kamala Harris, if Joe Biden is elected president, she would become president by proxy. And as the vice presidential candidate, she won't have to debate Trump. She doesn't even have to be likable to the voters as apparent by her uh primary run for the Democratic nomination, which her performance suggests is a big problem for her, but it's all masked for her. And now the DNC is rallying behind her and Biden, and the media is rallying behind her and Biden to try to not only prop up Biden, but to prop up Harris as well. Joe Biden even himself refers to him as the transition candidate. So he'd be transitioning to Kamala Harris. And make no doubt about it, she is on the ticket to secure identity votes for females and African Americans. Now, Joe Biden tried, 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 tried throughout these months to make sure black voters stayed on the DNC plantation First, on The Breakfast Club, when he said, if you don't vote Democrat, you ain't black. And second of all, uh, last week when he spoke in an interview, when he was speaking about Hispanic voters and the diversity of their thoughts and their ideas um, and how they vote, he started out by saying, quote, unlike the black community and black people, The Latino community is very diverse. So that right there is very telling of how someone like Joe Biden, uh, the DNC long party leader, views African Americans as a monolith, as a single-minded entity that all think alike, all vote alike, and are all the same to them. And if that's, you can call that the light in racially problematic, or you can just flat out call it what I see it as, is racist. But aside, in a race that they believe will be close, I'm not quite one of those people that think the race is going to be close, and I'll talk about that in the future, in future casts. But in what many project to be a close race where every vote is going to count, uh, not only for the her identity politics, um, now they have her on the ticket and they're trying to promote her uh, to reassure centralists that the Democrats are really on their side when it comes to law and order. Because we look at her, her history to that end, Republicans or progressive attacks on her record as a prosecutor, it only plays into her hands you know she was a she was a very accomplished prosecutor in california uh so having her on the ticket shows the people shows to uh, the people that might not be paying attention just drive by looking at who uh, a biden harris ticket looks like and go hey you know they're for law and order they're they're for the ending of all these riots and and misconduct in the street uh they restoring uh Law and order and balance to society. But is she a middle road centralist like the DNC and the media are trying, trying to sell Kamala Harris as? Well, David Byler at the Washington Post called Kamala a small c conservative, party friendly pick. And Meora Donegan of The Guardian said that in picking Harris, the Biden campaign is resoundingly signaling that it is the centralist and pragmatic voters particularly older black voters and not the younger progressive left that they feel they have the most to gain from appealing to. But even before I heard these media reports and news all trying to shine her up as the great big centralist hope, I saw uh, many people I know on social media of the far left or even friends of mine that would identify themselves on the far left just depressed up in up in rage that they saw that the dnc establishment was was fully coming into form Uh, they see biden as the dnc old school uh, party and they saw kamala harris as part of that too and they saw their hopes and dreams of someone like aoc or bernie sanders being the vp choice Dash. They saw their uh, far left ideas looks like being put on the back burner. And when I saw them talk like that and express those those concerns of oh whoa what do we do now, I thought you know, it it sounds like Kamala is the centralist candidate, and maybe the media is right this time that that she is this centralist candidate that has wide appeal, and. So I wanted to do this to to take a look at it, and I even I even communicated to a friend of mine that that she seems to be a centralist candidate before I dug into her record, what she says, what she stands for, and let me tell you, within the the course of uh, a couple of hours after I uh, questioned to a friend of mine whether she was a centralist candidate, I quickly went back on that that questionable hypothesis right there, and. And, you know, people, uh, Byler at the Washington, at the Washington Post, you know, I don't have a degree in journalism, but I sure ran circles around your assessment of her. And, and Donegan, I don't, I don't know how you guys can sleep at night pitching this propaganda when the facts, the evidence, the history is out there for everyone to see. Yet the media, I can, I, can, I can understand the DNC trying to push her as a centralist candidate. They are afraid that all the people that believe in law and order and police, which by the last uh, poll of African Americans, over 80% want either the same funding of police or more funding for police, So, what do we have here? Boom! Kamala Harris, who was a former prosecutor, tough, tough on criminals in California. But no, the media doesn't know better. They should. And they choose not to know and do better about who Kamala Harris is, what she stands for. And it's articles like that in the Washington Compost to take a line from Mark Levin and in the Guardian that give tons of credence when President Trump calls them fake news. So what's the truth? We look at our overall voting record in her short time in the Senate since 2017, and it is to the extreme far left, and by reports, farther left than Bernie, farther than AOC And this is according to the Americans for Democrat Action. The Americans for Democratic Action identify themselves as a liberal voting watchdog group, which rate Congress members on their voting record. So in other words, the further to the radical left uh, you vote as a congressperson, the more points, the more stars, the more kudos you get from this organization. And Harris received a perfect score from them in 2017 and 2018. A perfect score. And the only reason why she did not get a perfect score in 2019 is that she missed some key uh, votes on bills because she was out campaigning. So it's not just the Americans for Democratic action that identify her as far left. It's GovTrack listed her as the most left-wing senator last year by her voting record. But it wasn't always like that. No, 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 according to them as well. But when she ran for the Senate, when she ran for Attorney General and her actions as district attorney, it all put her in the middle of the road. So that's when she was more of a centralist, more of a middle road candidate, when she was trying to get these higher positions, when she was trying to appeal to a larger base. And this Harvey Dent, two-faced personality for her on her policies and ideas is echoed in an organization that... She was a part of when she was a district attorney in California. The ADA national director, Don Kusler, said her liberal profile is a split tail. And as attorney general and city prosecutor, her record was one that would have many liberals, particularly our California colleagues, angered or at least rolling their eyes. Now, if that isn't an indictment on who she is, I don't know what is. Now, the one policy that Kamala Harris has always been consistent on is her love of abortions. Unrestricted abortion rights, she has been in favor of, and on-demand abortions. She supports legislation to withhold federal funding from states which restrict abortion rights. So right now, if you live in a state, say Georgia or Tennessee, or Utah, some some state, uh, and you guys have uh, partial abortion bans so that you can't have an abortion after 16 weeks, 20 weeks, what have you, um, she believes that your state should not be able to receive funding based on that because you guys, your states, will not get with the program and support on-demand abortions and unrestricted abortions. Now, what, wait. Now, what's on-demand abortions? That means you can have an abortion at any point during your pregnancy, at any time, for any reason. You don't even need a reason. Doesn't that sound great? No, it doesn't. Not when it comes to killing millions and millions of the unborn. She also backed a bill to repeal the Hyde Amendment. Now, the Hyde Amendment blocks federal dollars from going directly, directly to funding abortions. And she has voted against all bills which limited the weeks during pregnancy that an abortion could be performed. So, let's make it eight months. Nope. Eh. Let's make it seven. Eh. Nope. Let's make it 24 weeks. Nope. 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 Has to be all or nothing. And while she was receiving, this is this is this may be the most most problematic within it, uh, that while receiving donation dollars from Planned Parenthood, she investigated an anti-abortion activist named uh David Daladin. I think I'm getting the name right, uh, which screams of deep ethical conflict of interest. You're receiving campaign dollars. From an organization that he is out there as an activist is fighting against. So now Kamala Harris is the strong arm muscle of Planned Parenthood out there trying to silence pro-life activists. And her stance on killing the unborn at will has put her at the opposing ends of many in the faith community. Uh, namely that uh, with Catholics, but she's attacked Catholics herself, and she has voiced that they are not fit to serve on Supreme Court. Why do I say this? Well, in 2018, she used Brian Boucher's Catholic faith as reason. The one reason she brought up in his confirmation hearing, his faith as reason why He should not be appointed to the U.S. District Court in Nebraska because of his pro-life views. If that's not dangerous, no religious freedom, no freedom of speech right there. Very dangerous, Kamala Harris. And it's not just her views on abortion that she's far, far, far to the left on and doesn't side with the vast majority of Americans out there today. No, it's other things. It's most things. Look at her stance on the Green Deal. Yes, the Green Deal. She believes in legislation even against climate deniers. And yes, that Green Deal. That joke of a, quote, deal at a $93 trillion price tag or 600000 per American to stop cows from farting and to blow us straight back to the Stone Age and have zero. Zero positive impact on the environment. So you're listening and go, Dave, that's that's two things, okay? Okay, you're right on abortion. You're right on this Green Deal stance. But what about the Second Amendment? She believes in gun confiscation. During her short-lived presidential campaign, she demanded gun control legislation within 100 days of her taking office and threatened executive action if Congress didn't deliver, it was going to be a mandatory gun-back-buying program. That is gun confiscation, pure and simple. So her platform included entertaining forced confiscation of lawfully owned rifles, criminalizing private firearm transfers, and repealing the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act. In fact, she supported politicizing the Department of Justice and using them to come down on lawfully gun-owning Americans and gun manufacturers to drive the manufacturers out of business and to take away your Second Amendment rights as a United States citizen. But I think one of the major things that opens us up to see what kind of person Kamala Harris is is, is the events of her attack on brett kavanaugh and his confirmation to the supreme court and how that relates to joe biden now the politico hypothesized that the rage she had at kavanaugh would propel her to a presidential bid rage that she expressed towards kavanaugh and his family that stated that was stated on assumptions Behind all these allegations against Kavanaugh by one person that was unproven, uncorroborated, and decades and decades old. There was no witnesses. The victim never told anyone about it. But, by Kamala Harris, she had to be believed. Her story had to be told because she, Kamala Harris, believes in the Me Too. Now, Harris, she beefed up her Me Too credentials later by making it clear she doesn't just believe women accusing Republicans of sexual assault. Oh no, all women have to be believed, including those who accuse prominent Democrats. And at a campaign event in Nevada in April of 2019, Harris discussed the allegations that have been made against Biden, declaring for the accusers, quote, I believe them and I respect them being able to tell their story and having the courage to do it, end quote. But now Harris is Biden's VP. What has changed in a year and a half Obviously nothing. Nothing has changed with Biden. Nothing has changed with his accuser, Tara Reid. Sexual assault and rape are very serious and a very serious problem. Period. I think Kamala Harris needs, she needs to be compelled to explain why she is now completely fine. And radiant to join the ticket of a sexual assaulter that she herself said was problematic and that the accuser needed to be able to tell her story of what happened to her at the hands, the literal hands of Joe Biden. So, with explaining this, there are two possibilities. Number one, that Harris. Didn't, in fact, believe Biden's accusers, but she claimed to in order to score political points against him. If that's true, she used a very serious issue of sexual assault as a cheap political ploy. But the other possibility, the other possibility is that she believes Joe Biden's accusers of sexual harassment and assault, but that she is completely fine with it as long as she's on Joe Biden's team. She's also fine that he's a racist, which is another charge Harris accused of Biden when they were in running for the Democratic primary against each other. Now, in April, the backtracking began when Biden emerged as the nominee. And when asked on a podcast this April about the former Senate aide Terry Reid's accusation against Biden, Harris stated that Reid, quote, has the right to tell her story. But even so, quote, the Joe Biden I know is somebody who really has fought for women and empowerment of women and, quote, It would be an honor to serve with Joe. My, oh, my, Kamala Harris. How just in what is exactly one year, April 2019 to April 2020, how your story about Joe Biden has changed. How it went from... Believe all women, and they need to be held accountable by these women and by the system. To you know, we can listen to Tara Reed, listen to what she has to say, but it would be an honor to serve with Joe Biden because he is so honorable and has done so much for everyone. Kamala Harris, it is no wonder why people. Say that the number one thing you care about is the extension of your own political career and your own power. And that you will say and do anything that you need to do to get there. Is instances like this, how you held Brett Kavanaugh's feet to the fire until they burned and bubbled. And you wanted to hold Joe Biden's feet to the same fire. Until he asked you to be his VP, until you knew it was coming in April, and that you were preparing for it, you were laying the groundwork for him to be an honorable man. But that explains why, she, uh, why Kamala Harris started out running as a moderate Democrat when she was running for her first couple of political offices, and then when she became a senator in 2017, the script was completely flipped. And she revealed herself for who she was. I find it very troubling, very telling how untrustworthy Kamala Harris is from this and what it says about her and what she really thinks about the Me Too movement. This is a far cry from the feminist icon that she was portrayed as during the Kavanaugh hearings. She profiled. She now personifies the left's weaponization of assault for political purposes. And the biggest losers in this game are the victims of assault and abuse who now face even more challenging of a climb in being believed. And finally, let's look at Kamala Harris. Who she is now versus who she was as a prosecutor. I'll hit you right right away. She once compared the immigration and customs enforcement to the Ku Klux Klan. But she was endorsed by police unions when she was California's top prosecutor. My, how times have changed. And speaking of immigration, I, I'm going to get off on a tangent here because I now look back at my notes and see I haven't talked about her stance on immigration uh, or I should say with health care. Uh, She wants health care for all illegal immigrants and not only health care for them, but universal uh, Medicare for all and a complete ending of private insurance. Quote, let's eliminate all of it. Let's move on. So no more private health insurance companies, no more private health insurance, no more picking anything. You get what the government gives you. And let me tell you, it's. Never, ever cheap, as they say, and it's never, ever full of quality. So as a woman that went from being endorsed by police unions in California to calling enforcement divisions in America the Ku Klux Klan, you guessed it, we have another tale of two Kamalas. And in promoting this new Kamala, this new age of left Kamala, She recently released a memoir called The Truths We Hold. And in it, Harris wrote, quote, The job of a progressive prosecutor is to look out for the overlooked, to speak up for those whose voices aren't being heard, and to see and address the causes of crime, not just in their consequences, and to shine a light on the inequality and unfairness that lead to injustice. However, her record as a prosecutor shows a pattern of injustices and a defiant nature against the concerns of misconduct. For example, in March of 2015, the California AG appealed the dismissal of a child molestation case after a Kern County prosecutor falsified an interview transcript to add an incriminating confession. The Attorney General's office which was Kamala Harris's office, argued that the prosecutor's actions were certainly conscience shocking in the sense that it involved false testimony by a prosecutor in a form of a criminal proceeding, but it did not involve, quote, brutal and offensive conduct employed to obtain a conviction. So Harris's office was saying, yeah, it was pretty bad that they uh, made-up stuff, but, you know, wasn't that bad, and we're not going to overturn anything. We're not going to look into it. Uh, we're not going to review it any further. Um, and there's another case from a defendant who was sentenced after a prosecutor lied to the jury about an informant having received compensation for his testimony in this California versus Baca. Harris's office only withdrew its opposition— To rehearing after an embarrassing and it was filmed hearing before the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, where a panel of three Ninth Circuit judges asked why such prosecutors weren't being charged with perjury and threatened to release an opinion naming names if Harris's office continued in its folly. So, not only did Harris's office Refuse to review this case, have it thrown out, have a new trial, uh, release Baca from, from jail after it was found that testimony was falsified by her office, but they refused. and in, And it took audio and video being filmed of her office for them to drop the case for them to throw it out for Baca to be released. This surely doesn't sound like like the woman in her memoir who was talking about we need to look at injustices and the defiant and the nature of misconduct for people. She would know about injustices and misconduct in the justice system. She was the one leading it in California. You know, I mean, and, and and all you had to do to see her condescending nature and what's good for me is not good for you is how she sent countless men and women, especially people of color, to jail over marijuana charges. And she sought the maximum charges each and every time. You can look it up in the prosecutorial record. Uh, and then she was asked about it in an interview if she ever smoked uh, marijuana. And all she could do was laugh. You know, it's a, it's a serious thing to ask. What you sent young men and women away for is the very thing that you, that, that, that you have no problem doing yourself. Oh, don't worry. I have more examples. As Attorney General in California, Harris challenged the release of a man who had been exonerated by the Innocence Project. Uh, The Innocence Project is very famous for exonerating people that have wrongful convictions or or are convicted of crimes, and they're given sentences that don't match their crime. Um, And the Innocence Project had this man's conviction overturned, and Harris argued that Daniel Lawson, who had spent 13 years in prison for the crime of possession of a concealed knife. That's it. Possession of a concealed knife, 13 years in prison. And she's arguing that he should still be in jail. She argued that he had not produced the evidence of his innocence fast enough. Well, that is interesting right there that she is she has the gall to blame Larson for not coming up with his evidence fast enough. But a federal judge overturned his conviction after finding that Larson had showed he was innocent, that the cops testifying at the trial were not credible, and that his attorney, since disbarred, was constitutionally ineffective because he had failed to call any witnesses. So, to summarize that one, the police that were called in the trial were not credible witnesses. The defense attorney that was given, most likely assigned to Mr. Larson, was so bad that he ended up being disbarred. He didn't call any witnesses. He got this... And and Kamala Harris's office threw this man in jail for 13 years for a concealed knife to which he was not guilty of. She also opposed releasing non-violent offenders. The California Attorney General's Office argued that, quote, if forced to release these inmates early, prisons would lose an important labor pool. Quote, closed, quote. Now, I hear a lot of people talking about how the prison system is modern-day slavery because they use the prison labor to, to do different things, whether it be clean up sides sides of the road, uh, make small things. And here's her office right here saying, we can't let these non nonviolent offenders out of prison early because we would lose an important labor pool. I mean... Later, Kamala Harris came out and said she had no idea how this message was released from her department. You know, and that in itself, I can, you know, I can excuse, I can let that go. But I've already gone through four previous examples of how a prosecutor department led by her had no regard for justice had no regard for misconduct. And that order of releasing nonviolent California inmates was part of the state's compliance with a 2011 Supreme Court ruling that found its prison system was unconstitutionally overcrowded. Not just overcrowded, but at an unconstitutional level that violated basic human rights of men and women attorney general harris fought hard against the ruling for california to release its prisoners harris claims she had to fight the ruling of then governor jerry brown she said quote i have a client and i don't get to choose my client she said but the attorney general in california is an independent elected position not an appointee serving at the governor's pleasure. Now, one senator, suddenly Kamala Harris became the voice of criminal justice reform. It's amazing that just in, we're talking about three years of a person's life, they can literally go from the butt end of corruption to now they are the light on the shining hill. If you believe that kind of transformation in her, I have waterfront property, oceanfront property for sale for you right now in Kansas and Nebraska. Now, Harris made headlines as a prosecutor by bringing sex trafficking and pimping charges against the host creators of the webpage backpage, but those charges were held thrown out. However, she had the opportunity to bring charges for an actual underage sex trafficking scandal, which implicated dozens of police officers and other local authorities throughout the San Francisco Bay area. Oakland even went through two police chiefs trying to address it, with a third doing only questionably better. People, the media, citizens, victims, everyone was pleading for the state to step in and oversee an independent investigation since local governments in Oakland and San Francisco seem to be more motivated to quash a PR nightmare then punish these public officials, and Harris answered their pleas and their cries by refusing to intervene, so Harris, Kamala Harris, she is not the centralist candidate, she is not the person to unite the ticket, according to YouGov, finally, They rate her in the Senate as least likely to sponsor and sign a bipartisan bill. So she's not a centralist. She's a far left extremist that will change her position when it is feasible for her to gain power. She went from a centralist to someone on the far left when it helped her cause. She went from a person that people believed they could trust to now a person that you have to sit and really question what she stands for. And as she says in her book of the criminal justice system and the potential for misconduct that power creates, she says, quote, America has a deep and dark history of people using the power Of the prosecutor as an instrument of injustice. Close quote. She would know this from her experience with administering injustice firsthand in California's justice system. You can't destroy a world and then proclaim yourself a savior. But that's what Kamala Harris is trying to do by saying she's a champion of criminal justice reform. And additionally, Harris to the Biden ticket is not a great feminist achievement. Rather, it is a harsh blow to the feminist cause. Her decision to join with Biden after accusing him of assault. It's it's underscoring it it damages in an unfixable way how unserious she and the democrat party takes the issues of sexual assault when there are political gains to be made so we live in a world now where anything that has a tie to slavery must be taken down, must be destroyed, whether it be statues, whether it be buildings that, as people say, quote, built by slaves, whether it be musicians like Lady Antebellum, who changed their name because of the word antebellum, and its associations with slavery. It's an interesting world that Joe Biden, who has been accused of being either a segregationalist at best or a racist at worst, has picked Kamala Harris, who we don't know who she is, what she stands for as his running mate, a person who is a descendant, a direct descendant of the wealthiest slave owners in Jamaica. So wealthy, they had a town Named after them. The irony runs deep. The dichotomy runs strong. So that's the VP candidate from the Democratic Party you have that will likely take over for Joe Biden when he cannot finish his term in office. A person that switches their standpoint when it politically serves them, and a person that is morally bankrupt when it politically serves them. That kind of politician is someone we do not need in the United States. That kind of politician is the kind of politician that has been a cancer to our great governmental system for decade after decade, and the exact kind of politician that I am looking to change and get out of our great United States government system. And my final thought on the media is your number one job, your primary job, is to tell the truth. If you don't do that, you lose credibility, people don't believe you, and then they don't know what is going on. They don't know fact from fiction. And that is what we have today. So news anchors like Chris Wallace of Fox News, you know better, so do better. But nothing summarizes how we can't trust media than when we look at the tweets of professional grifter Sean King. In 2018, he says, I'll be frank and tell you two Democrats that I am 99% sure I will not be supporting, primarily because of their dismal history on criminal justice reform over the course of their entire careers, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They both helped build and advocate mass incarceration. Fast forward to 2020, this past week, Sean King says, that's it for me. I am incredibly proud to see a brilliant black woman, a HBCU grad, Chosen as vice presidential nominee. I've done political work my whole life. It's rare things dreams are made of. Kamala Harris is the most progressive VP nominee in American history. So people like Sean King, like CNN, like Chris Wallace of Fox News, The Guardian, all talking about how great Kamala Harris is now after they dragged her through the mud for being Horrible on criminal justice and being for mass incarceration. Suddenly they're all dancing to the beat of the DNC. It's no wonder that their politician that they're rising up, Kamala Harris, is just like them. Someone you can't trust. Someone you don't know how they're going to turn on an issue in a dime. Well, after you've listened to me tonight, you can tell that Kamala Harris is the kind of candidate that the black lives matter movement is protesting i'd like to thank you once again for listening to my podcast today episode five the trial of kamala harris if you like the podcast today or if you want to tell your friends about it that would be great like share spread the word spread the news that is how we get bigger and better If there's a topic or an issue you'd like me to cover or like my insight on in a future podcast, you can inbox me at our Facebook page on America United, which is www.facebook.com forward slash we are America United. Or you can hit me up on Twitter and Parlor, which is at David F. Kersner. So until next time, we are united against morally bankrupt politicians. Good night.